baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You know, I said dinner with a friend of mine who asked a very simple yet provocative question. My friend Sonny said, Jason, why did you move to Minnesota? I want you to think about that question, too, and I'd love for you to call in at 651-461-9226. Because the heart of this question gets at an issue that I feel like we have not been discussing in Minnesota. Ah. I feel like it's been 10 years since we had a real conversation about the number one reason that most people move. It's not for better weather. It's not to be closer to family. It's not because of the great restaurants or beautiful downtown. It's for a job. It's very simple. Why did I move to Minnesota? In 2003, I got a job offer at WCCO-TV that paid more than my job in Milwaukee helped move me forward in my career goals. And so I took it. I took the job. I packed up. I moved to Minnesota. That was it. And my friend Sonny asked everybody that night, like, hey, why did you move here? A job. Why did you move here? A job. Most people move because of a job. What is happening in Minnesota right now to create the next big job magnet? What's the next Target or the next Best Buy or 3M or General Mills? Because it feels like we have been very focused on taking care of people who live here now, which I, you've heard me talk about many of these issues. I'm very supportive of it. And yet, This state goes nowhere if we don't have new jobs. It just doesn't. When you look at where most of the growth in the population is right now in the U.S., it's all in the South. Texas, Florida, North Carolina, Georgia, South Carolina, all added a total of about 1.2 million people. Brand new information just out from the U.S. Census Bureau. The national population grew by 1.6 million. So that's births. That's immigrants. The largest percentage increase is South Carolina. 91,000 new residents. And most of it from people in other states. Now, Minnesota has not been doing nearly as badly as you might think in terms of population change. We had a pretty good year last year in Minnesota. We're in the top half of uh, states when it comes to population movement. So that's, you know, that's good. That's good. I think we had about 30,000 new residents. Uh, Our population change since last year is up four-tenths of a percent. 
But if you look at our state since 2020, the net uh, moves is down 45,000, 46,000. Now you have births, you have deaths. So we've we've got about 40,000 more people born over that time period than have died. 34,000 from immigration. But the net moves is down. So where's where's the jobs? Where are the jobs going to come from? Where's the innovation going to come from? Where are the companies going to come from? And why is it that all of these companies are going to Texas, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. When you look at the parts of the economy that are are creating new manufacturing plants and new opportunities and new technologies, well, all the tech is going to Austin, Texas. All the battery and EV vehicle action is going to Georgia and South Carolina, North Carolina. Florida has taken the rich people because of the no sales tax. So what do we got? What do we got here? And at a certain point, when are we going to start talking about it? When is anyone going to do anything about it? When is there going to be any policy that says, you know what? We need more people in Minnesota. And to get more people, we need jobs. It's that simple. And right now, companies are hesitant to expand in Minnesota because we don't have enough people. So you have this sort of chicken and the egg situation. But I am nervous about the future of our state if we don't start talking about jobs. And I know for the DFL party in Minnesota, when you talk about attracting companies here to a lot of people, that feels like code For screw you regular people, here comes the corporate welfare. Will some of the changes that the DFL trifecta have put into place designed to appeal to regular people, is that enough for people to drive, uh, to move away from their home and come here? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But I do know that unless you get a big win, a big company, and maybe it's homegrown, maybe it's attracting somebody to come here. But my friend who who started his own company and is building it here in Minnesota and is hiring people from other states to come here has has said that we we tend to beat ourselves up a little too much on the weather issue that people he's hired who have moved here from uh, Arizona, for example, have said putting up with a Minnesota winter is generally speaking easier than putting up with an Arizona summer. That's fair. Right? Josh is here for Dan today. Josh, Uh, you are from... I'm from Oklahoma. And what brought you here? Uh, Well, my mom uh, is a nurse, and she moved up here in 95, so the year after the bombing, uh, to uh, continue her nursing career. So it's, uh, it's, 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 it's mostly a job move for her? Pretty much, yeah. It's a lot better uh, environment work-wise up here for nursing. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's been that way for a while compared yeah. to down south. But um, 
I, I was just kind of going down a rabbit hole on the uh, on the old desktop here because I recall a couple of years ago, and I, I don't know how accurate the location was, but I know it was happening here, and it was supposed to maybe bring a little bit of boom, not a whole lot of boom to Minnesota. There was plans, I think, to have a Google plant built in, I believe it was Becker. Looking at the research now, it looks like they did open a Google like an actual Google location, but it was in Rochester because they are partners with Mayo Clinic. So things like that can bring not, I'm not saying substantial growth into a population, but that, that is a job where people will, that's a <laughs> fortune 500 yeah. company. Yeah. That's a, that's a job that people will flock to Minnesota for. Texas, uh, yeah. Texas increased by 473,000 people. Now I, Minnesota can't handle 473,000 people moving here, right? Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of open land, but not that. That's right. Yeah. But the reason newcomers tend to be younger than Texans in general, more likely to have a college degree. There's so much opportunity here than where we were before, said Jason Hall, who recently moved to Georgetown, Texas, which is near Austin. Uh, He... He's a surgical assistant. His wife works for an online retailer. And so that's that's part of why they moved for jobs. So what do we do? Or are you happy with Minnesota just the way it is? Do you say, well, we're never going to be willing to put out the incentives to companies to get them come here, to come here. We're not going to lower our taxes to a level that would compete with some of those other states. So uh, maybe we are better off just focused on trying to make Minnesota better for the people who live here. Lots of texts coming in. I'll share some of your thoughts from the text line. Love to have your calls as well. 651-461-9226. What would it take to get more jobs? And why, why, the, hesitance, why the hesitancy to talk about it? We'll get into it as we come back here on C. Why isn't anyone talking about attracting new companies, new jobs to the state of Minnesota? That's what we're talking about. Lots of text coming in. The basis for this conversation, brand new information uh, from the Census Bureau, looking at the population of all of our states. Minnesota State did grow. Our population grew by about 23,000 people last year. Um, but we lost 4,700 residents, much better than, you know, you may have heard political talking point in 2021. We lost 11,000 people in 2022. We lost 22,000 and you start to freak out. You're like, what's going on? Why, why is everybody leaving? 4,700, the state demographer told the Star Tribune that feels about, that feels more comfortable. It's in line with what we're seeing in other yeah. states. It doesn't outpace anybody else. Uh, but it doesn't make me feel great about the future of Minnesota. Nope. It says the only thing that's going to get us going is if people start cranking out more babies or we have a huge amount of immigration. It would be nice if we could attract people from some other states like Texas is doing, North and South Carolina, Georgia, uh, and Florida. Let's go to the phones here on the line is Nick in Roseville. Nick, thanks for calling CCO. Hey, you're welcome, Jason. Love your show. And I'm glad you uh, started. Uh, Mariah Carey took us back. To yes. The <laughs> Beautiful. Um, 
So I think it's a combination of things. I think, in my opinion, I'm 37 years old. I'm a keyboardist. I play Menards on Prior and University every Friday, especially in January. Um, I think it's A, how motivated young people are, but B, I think it's also, I blame it on uh, inflation, and I blame it on AI, and I blame it on, uh, yeah. I guess, people are trying to live in this utopian society where we don't have to work anymore. You think that's the issue? I, I, I can, All right, Nick, thank you. There's no doubt that a changing technology and the changing technology has effective work. Uh, but I think AI is a huge opportunity. Why isn't Minnesota the center of AI tech companies? My friend Rob sent me an article about Mosaic, which Mosaic was uh, – was a big company, big uh, corporate headquarters. Uh, and they they left the state in like, I think it was 2018. But in the article, it talked about how Governor Tim Pawlenty personally called the founding CEO of Mosaic, who was uh, trying to decide where to put put the headquarters. He could have gone into Chicago with a large office. They looked at Tampa. But the governor called and said, look, I'm not going to give you any state incentives. I'm not going to give you we're not giving you land. We're not giving you tax money. But I'm the governor. I know you grew up here. I know it would mean a lot to our state to have you here. I like that. I like that. That has to be part of the equation as well. Doug is in Minnetonka on the CCO talk and text line six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six. Hey, Doug. Hi, Jason. What do you think is the issue here? Um, I'm not sure. I moved here with my family in 1990, and it was for a job, uh, actually working with Cargill. Yeah. And um, we, we, my wife and I were both from Illinois, and we loved it here. We still live here. Um, I do think, though, the environment is a little different. You, you know, you mentioned the weather, and it does shut some people off. For I, sure, yeah. Um, and I, I know being able to, I won't say work from home, but not have to work in an office, necessarily in a headquarters, I think that's coming into play quite a bit with mm. the younger generation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I know, for instance, several people at Target and – they have some very valuable people that that are, that are adding a lot of value to their company, and, but they don't. They live in, for instance, Georgia, and right. um, they have no intention to to want to come. They don't want to move, the, right? Minnesota. Yeah, I have a friend who leads a team yeah. at Target, and she hired a bunch of out of state people. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing to us? <laughs> but she's hiring the best people she can, and I get that. I don't blame her, but it does. You're right. It does change the dynamic. To me, it makes a corporate headquarters less attractive to bring here. And, you know, can we get more manufacturing? Can we get more research like biomedical? What is that sort of stuff where people actually do have to physically show up to a location? Right. 
Um, but I, I will say, when you can get people here and live through all seasons, not necessarily the winter, um, a lot of people find it enjoyable here. I just think it is a it's a harder sell. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and taxes do come into play, not just corporate taxes, but personal taxes for some people. Yeah, and, and I, I think have to weigh that all through. I think you're right, Doug. Thank you for calling. And many people look at that. Uh, you know, you look at your income tax where where maybe you're not considering the property tax here might be lower than in Wisconsin or yeah. in Illinois. But that income tax number is a big one. It is. It is. It is. It's. I actually didn't know. I didn't realize this till probably a couple of years ago. There's a lot of a good amount of states that don't have like a lot of just taxes in general. Like you look at like. Nevada, you can live out in Vegas and not really pay as much in taxes right. as you do here in Minnesota. But the reality is, like one of our textures pointed out, in mid-August we moved back to Minnesota from Florida. Why? Because the quality of life. There might be a lot of jobs coming up in that area. But if you need services, for example, that you take for granted here, uh, this texture said my company wanted me to relocate to Atlanta and I chose to start super commuting uh, instead. So so there are always trade-offs, right? I mean, we definitely have – you oh, yeah. look at – you can drive all over Minnesota and have paved roads. You have better access to social services. Not perfect, but better than in many states. For sure. The schools here, we can quibble over which schools are good and which are bad, but bad is a relative measure, yeah. right? They're, yeah. they're mostly pretty dang good, oh, yeah. especially when you compare to some, some other areas. Jason's companies moving here have nothing to do with not having enough people. It has to do with our state taxes. A lot of textures think it's tax. It's taxing. Uh, we have no corporate welfare in the state of Minnesota. We are the sixth highest tax state for business in the union. As a small business owner, Mark says, I would love to expand, but the taxes are unbelievable. This texture with some hope. Next big growth has to be in the Rochester area with that $5 billion investment and new medical facilities. Yeah, I'm bullish on Rochester. I do think Mayo and our state's historical kind of uh, ability in biomed, uh, the IBM facility that uh, yeah. was down there for so long, uh, $5 billion investment in new medical facilities. I mean, you you, you wish that you could just, that our state uh, would be so awesome that people would want to move here. Yeah. But think about it. Most people you know who moved here, they moved here for a job. Yes. So let's let's start talking more about how we get more jobs to this state. It's three thirty one. We'll break. Oh, you're going to love our next guest. He built his name as the laundry evangelist, the laundry guy. Now he's got a new book out about loving your house. Patrick Richardson joins us next here on CCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. That is St. Paul's own Patrick Richardson, known as the laundry guy, the laundry evangelist. He is your stain expert, and he has a new book. You would wonder, could he have another book? 
after laundry love, how much is there to be said about laundry? Patrick joins us in the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Did you consider another laundry-related book, Patrick? I kind of felt like, you know, I think the laundry book, Laundry Love, sort of stands alone. You know, it's hopefully everything you needed to know about doing laundry. I mean, I could probably tell you some more laundry stories. Right. But I think, you know, everything you need to know about laundry is in Laundry Love. So I don't think I could have done a second laundry book. The new book is called House Love, and it's out right. It's out next week, right? Yeah, it comes up Tuesday, the day after Christmas. Uh, and it, why didn't you introduce it before Christmas, Patrick? This well, would be a great Christmas gift. It would be. The real the trick was we wanted it out for the new year to kind of ah. go new year, new ha- new habits, that sort of thing. And books only come out on Tuesdays. So it just sort of worked. Oh, I didn't know that. After Christmas. Yeah. Huh. Books are only released on Tuesdays. So it just sort of worked that it ended up being December yeah. 26th. I mean, you know, if it had been December 29th, December 30th, that would have been fine, too. But it just worked that way. But we wanted it for the new year, not so much for Christmas. For Christmas. Got it. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, you know, know. Laundry Love if you haven't gotten it. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Cleaning, <laughs> organizing and loving the home you're in is the yep. subtitle of House Love. Patrick Richardson, along with uh, Karen Miller, have this book. You can pre-order it if you want to do that. Or when you're doing your Christmas returns, you can go find find that. What what was uh, – well, tell me what the book's about, Patrick. So the book goes room by room on, like, easy ways to clean your house. It's kind of the follow-up, in a way, to Laundry Love because, you know, my whole point of Laundry Love is I can make all of this easy. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be hard and intimidating. And so House Love started as the follow-up to that. And the reason it actually came to be is when we did Laundry Love, we asked you to create this kit. So you have this cleaning kit in your laundry room, and I realized this is the same kit I used through my whole house. So I'm going to tell you how to use the same products sort of everywhere else. So everything stays sustainable. Everything stays, you know, simple without a lot of, you know, 40 different products, that kind of thing. I wanted everything to just be quick and easy you know, and move you through the whole house and be fun. You know, I think a lot of times these these chores become, you know, more of a chore because we dread them. And if we just stop and reevaluate, you know, we can make them kind of fun. What do you think? What do you think is the most dreaded chore? What's your most dreaded chore? Well, my most dreaded chore is dusting. But oh. I happen to know the one that most people hate is washing the dishes. Really? That is the, yeah. The I sort of like washing the, the house, dishes, yeah. I do too. I think it's great. The number one most dreaded chore in the house, believe it or not, is laundry, which is ridiculous because it's great. <laughs> and number two is washing the dishes. And I love washing the dishes. To me, like after dinner, you know, especially in the winter, like when it's cold and dark, you know, you have this warm water, you buy great scented dish soap. To me, it's almost like going to the spa. You just sort of sit there and do the dishes. It's kind of meditative. I love it. I like I like washing the dishes. I like putting them away. I mm-hmm. I hate folding laundry. That's sort of my issue. I guess if I didn't have socks and underwear, I wouldn't right. be as, as disturbed. But the rest of the world might be more disturbed, I guess. Yeah, well, you know. It's the trade-off. Depends on where you live. That's <laughs> Patrick Richardson is with us. His new book, Out Next Week. Uh, now, you uh, share a home with your partner, Ross. Uh, the, right. Uh, Ross Rihala, the great 
uh, music writer for the Pioneer Press. Right. Does does Ross like, you know, these chores and cleaning and organizing and any of this? Um, we both or is this like an like. odd couple, like, uh, you know, one is one no. is neat and tidy and one is a train wreck? No, we both have the thing. You know, we both just have the parts that we like. And what's great is we just, you know, you kind of do that. Like, Ross loves loading and unloading the dishwasher, for example. Hmm. Loves it. Um, is there a perfect way to do this? Do you do you get into the dishwasher at least at all in house love? Um, I mentioned in the dishwasher house love. You know, the best way to load the dishwasher is whatever way you want to load it. <laughs> um, well, how do you have a career if that's the kind of advice you give? I could give that well, that that yeah, sort well, of. You know, I mean, the thing is, there's some other tips that you know. I mean, I can also <laughs> tell you how to keep your stainless steel freak, streak free. All right, yeah, I, that's, that's I'm a, the one that nobody nobody knows how to do that. What is yeah, the secret to that? The secret is you wipe it down with rubbing alcohol first, including the handle. Then you put about three drops of olive oil on a towel and you buff it into mm. the stainless. And Kinda you like buff a it car, in until like it a car shiny. wax. Exactly. Exactly like car wax. And then you can touch it all you want and nothing will happen. Huh. Yeah. It's a pretty great trick. That is a good trick. I know in the yeah, book, yeah. the, in this book, you have all sorts of different kind of practical advice, but then also like you tell, uh, you're a great storyteller. So you're telling stories okay. as well throughout this book. Yeah, every chapter opens with a story of an experience I have in that room and what my goal is for you in that room, you know, to make your kitchen more functional, to make your foyer more welcoming, you know, to make make your living room more comfortable, whatever it happens to be. Um, There's always a story there. And then, you know, other stories kind of pop up as we move through the chapters. There's um, some kind and the stories are kind of fun because I tried to make them sort of all over the map from like the tiniest kitchen I was ever in that I loved to, you know, the entryway or the, the, uh, foyer at the mm. Essex hotel in New York. So, you know, it's from cool. tiny to huge. Nice. Nice. Uh, one of our textures, Mark from Minnetonka asked for advice yeah. on what to do when you have a partner that doesn't like doing simple, uh, housework. So Mark okay. loves Dustin but to get her motivated, he wants to start bribing her with money, which well, I think I think the bribery. I mean, for sure, like my wife have done a wagering before. You know, <laughs> there are different ways you can pay off a bet. Doesn't always have to right. be financial. Uh, right. What What do you suggest you, you know? for Mark? Um, the first thing is, you know, I think any of these chores are more fun if you kind of get involved. One of the big things that comes up in the book, and I'm not. You know, but this is a great plug. At the end of each chapter, there's a playlist for 10 minutes. Mm. And Fun. it's, a, it's a, they're exactly 10 minutes. And you know, like, when that 10 minutes is done, you move out of the living room. So I think you can do anything for 10 minutes, even if you hate it. So set, you know, find some music you love, set it for 10 minutes, and do it together. And I think that's one big thing. But I think the biggest thing is to remember why you're cleaning your house. You're not cleaning your house so that, you know, it's not condemned. You're cleaning your house because the people you love are in your house. Yeah. yeah. And you, mm. if you stop and look at cleaning your house as I'm doing this for the person I love and, you know, I love myself and I love somebody else and I'm doing it for both of us, I think it makes it, I think that just makes it more enjoyable. And then the other thing is, is buy products that make you happy. If you hate the smell of, I don't know, 
window cleaner, then go buy a different window cleaner. <laughs> because I think that if you if you use things you like using and use things that work well, it becomes so much easier. Patrick Richardson is our guest. The new book out next week, House Love. It'll be available everywhere, right? Amazon oh, and all of the it's, it's, local You can bookstores. pre-order it on any of those, but it'll be in all the bookstores next week. Uh, favorite, uh, uh, your favorite room in your house right now? Well, beyond the laundry room. Of course, you know, naturally. It's been really the laundry it's been room good for really you. Good to me. <laughs> yeah, it's been really good to me. So, you know, um, right now my favorite room of the house you know, I'm going to go with my living room. I um, I love sitting in there. I just, I find it very sort of peaceful. It was designed just to make me and Ross happy. I mean, it, you know, it's something everybody else would maybe not like, but I love it. I love sitting in there. And this time of the year when it gets dark really early, we live right in the middle of town and I can look outside and you see the streetlights and the signs. It just kind of has this sort of twinkly feel and I just really like it. The number one, it's clean. The, it's clean. <laughs> yeah. I do think sometimes like people stress, you know, now we're approaching the holidays. People are going to have family over over this weekend, next week, New Year's. And people get very, very stressed out about, you know, oh, I have to have my house perfect. What do you suggest people? I know you mentioned that you have kind of like if you only have 10 minutes, you should clean what? Right. Well, whatever room they're going to be in, you know, if you're going to have Christmas dinner in your house, make sure you clean the dining room because they're going to sit and look at everything. Smart. Yeah. You know, but the other tip is people are there to see you. They're not there to see your house. So even though this is a book on cleaning your house, I am giving you permission to turn the lights down and remember that only God sees under the sofa. So, you know, just do the best you can. And if you turn the lights down, nobody can see the dust anyway. Uh, House Love is the name of the book. And, and you are right. Like, that is such a grounding piece of advice. When we get all kind of freaking out about we got to do this and fix this. And I'm one of these people. I have become my father in my old age where mm-hmm. I start. Earlier this week, I uh, got it in my head that one of the glass domes over our kitchen uh, light fixture needed to be cleaned mm-hmm. because it was cloudy and it was bothering yep. me. Mm-hmm. And the process of doing this, I uh, ripped the wiring out of the light fixture <laughs> and a loud pop uh, was the dimmer switch. Uh, not exploding, but, you know, like I did ruin the switch. Sure, sure, sure. So that, like, me becoming Gary DeRussia moment did cost us $100 in getting an electrician <laughs> to fix it. Right. Yeah, that that happens to the best of us, Jason. I hate to be the one that tells you, but we're all going to turn into our parents. So, you know, just look at what your parents are doing and realize it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I thought I could resist it, but now I'm also like cleaning out closets uh, 20 minutes before people come to the house. That's sort of annoying stuff. So, so, so understand. And my mother was the most meticulous housekeeper on the planet. And so I grew up in a house that was absolutely spotless. And I like to tell people, you know, don't stress out when people come over. And I many times have to, like, remind myself, people are coming to see you and they're coming to eat the food. Right. You know, they don't care if there's dust on top of the hutch that they can't see anyway. (laughs) It's true. Patrick, uh, really great advice. I'm excited for your book. Uh, Can't wait to get it. House Love, which comes out next Tuesday. 
But look yep. for it everywhere, and you can uh, visit Patrick's store at Mall of America, too. Yeah. Uh, Mona, you can get a signed Mona. one there. There you go. Go to Mona next Williams week next week book. and yep. check it out. Thanks, Patrick. Yep. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. 350 back in just a minute here on CCO. We knew these companies were going to raise prices too high, and eventually we all said, enough. General Mills today reported that sales are down, people are buying fewer products, people are probably going to keep buying fewer products. The prices went too damn high. You go to the grocery store, and you're like, I don't know, man. Like, this is... And what is fascinating to me out of today's report is that normally in a recession, people go to restaurants less and cook at home more. But because prices went up so high on groceries, people kept going out to the restaurant. It made more sense to keep eating out than it did to switch to going home. So General Mills getting uh, hammered on the stock market today as they warn that their price hikes have backfired. We did it, everybody. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 